Hello, and welcome to the Content Minds. My name is Ryan Broderick, and I am now currently in America, and it is cold here. What the hell? Uh, I'm Billy. Uh, I am continue to be in the UK, as I have been the, the entire time. Um, I gotta tell you, the virus has made airports real nice, because they're real empty. <laughs> just just stroll <laughs> on into the plane. That's great. No wait times. I mean, I, so we're having this enormous debate in the UK about hotel quarantine and if people should quarantine coming in from other countries, one of them being like Brazil, it has an enormous black spot on the map. Do not come to the UK directly from Brazil. You can go to other countries and then come to the UK from Brazil. Right. That's fine. That's because the virus gets off. But, uh, you know. Wait, isn't it? But so for us, it's 14 days. Like my girlfriend would have to leave Brazil, stay somewhere for 14 days and then come here. Right, but what I don't—you don't have to quarantine, is my question. I don't have no, but I have to have a negative test to get on the plane. Right, but but what I mean is, so why does she have to have a fourteen-day? It doesn't. Sorry, so so basically, the the virus can only travel to the well, no, US no, no, no. from Brazil from Brazilians. So COVID saw my passport, which was American, and it was like, oh, right. okay, I can't, I can't go on you. Um, so because it, it's because of the my citizenship. Okay, that's cool. That 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 makes sense. Yeah, yeah, and similar and similarly, if it if it, um, if your government was to come to UK directly, not allowed. But if she went via, say, France, that's fine. As long as she was out, outside of Brazil for fourteen days. If she got the virus in France, that's fine. As long as she didn't get the virus in Brazil. See, that's why we're trying to get her a business visa, so that way, uh, COVID will know that she's got a business visa for the right, UK right, right. for the US, so she can't enter. You know what I mean? Yeah. And if she wants to go to the UK, she just has to have a layover where the virus gets off. Exactly. So Cool. Okay. Yeah, it makes a lot of I think it makes sense. It's great. This is epidemiologically sound. It all sounds great and everyone in charge has really learned a lot over the last year. Um stuff's good. Yeah, shit's cold here. Um but Luke, how is the internet this week? The internet has felt very normy this week, mm. I think. I don't know if you've had the same thing, but it, it definitely has felt that it's just quite been quite straightforward a lot of things have been very normal in a way that i'm I'm like did you guys forget the last few years yeah i would agree with that i also think it feels hungover like i feel like we've had like a real rocket ship of internet content basically since january 6th and things haven't really slowed down and i and i suspect people are now tired that makes sense that makes sense uh I mean, it makes less sense for the rest of the world because obviously we don't all rely on America. <laughs> no, I, I mean, everything flows through American culture. So Americans are tired. So now the whole internet's tired. I mean, this brings into something I, I want to talk about, which is a tweet that, you know, didn't go massive. Well, they're like 2,000 retweets, but someone doing a thing of like 2021 Twitter main characters. Oh. And I think this is what the pandemic has done. It is just like I haven't seen radically. This. It's just like radically changed how people think of things. Because like okay, Twitter main characters, most of these you know, uh, Bean Dad, yes, uh-huh. Cinderblock Dog, uh, Army Hammers, cabal- cannibalism fetish. Wait, who's Cinderblock Dog? Uh, it was a dog with its head in a cinderblock. Uh, I totally missed that dog. That sounds cool though. Yeah, um, Amanda Palmer saying a New Zealand coffee shop spontaneously applauded her for being American. But they did. So far, they did. This is what it seems to have. That been. happened. So far, so normal. Uh huh. But then it's like. Oh, also, all the people who made it inside the U.S. Capitol, and I'm like, that's that's mm, a different thing. I don't that's, know. You're flattening you're flattening some pretty radical things here. I don't saying, know like, if I'm comfortable being like the Cinderblock dog and the insurrectionists are on the same level of importance for me. I feel like that's a little too much. Yeah, exactly. But I think this is very much it because so many people have been only online, right? That people are like, yeah, no, I think I think Army Hammer's weird cannibalism thing. Uh, I mean that's and Bernie's me. We didn't we we haven't talked about this, but like the Army Hammer cannibal thing is crazy. It is batshit. It's crazy. It's also yeah, 
Mm. And I kept being uh. like, maybe there's more to this. You know, we don't know what this guy's about. You know, there's there's all kinds of things. I don't even know if I feel comfortable sharing, you know, someone's private information. Is that doxing? Like, where's the line here? But the more I've learned about it, the more I'm like, oh, that dude might be a literal cannibal. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> and then there's, you know, there's also like GameStop. And I'm like, again, that's not quite in the same league because... Since last week, an awful lot of people have lost an awful lot of money. Yeah. Well, so to me, seeing that sort of stuff, it makes me think of uh, so Tumblr every year. They do like the, the, the meme calendar. Yeah. And it's a very Tumblr idea where like it's starting to like Twitter is starting to archive itself because it's become like self-aware and like it knows that this is a thing that happens on Twitter. But like Bean Dad wasn't a good thing. Like the insurrection wasn't a good thing. These are like no, none of this. These aren't like thing. Dat Boy. <laughs> these are like people's <laughs> lives being ruined or maybe dying. Was Dat Boy good? Dat Boy was great. Dat Boy is my favorite of the frog memes. I mean, yeah. I mean, you got Kermit sipping tea. You've got Pepe the Frog, which hasn't aged. Definitely well. not the favorite. And then you've, I mean, just like frog posting in general, which is kind of a thing. I think Dat Boy is like. No, nothing bad happened to Dat Boy. Dat Boy is the best frog. I think so. Yeah, I can I can accept that. Well, that was a great episode. Let's come back next. All right, we're done. Thank you for listening to Content Minds. We've decided what the best meme is. It's Dat Boy, and we are done. All right, I've got something for you. Uh, so I have struck up like a, a little back and forth conversation over the last couple of weeks with Joe Gilmore, the uh, wig and kebab pay wet guy. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, the 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 the. The Joe guy. Yeah, so he currently now works for Lad Bible, um, and I'm like extremely impressed with like his ability to own this very specific British beat of like stories involving like insane men that I want to read about. And so he did. He did the interview with the like the muscle lads who were deep faked into singing a sea shanty. Yes, he did. Well, so they he, they were deep faked by someone else at Joe. Oh, interesting. Well, he got the interview for Ladder Bible. It was a great. It was a great video. I loved it. So we started talking, and then this morning I woke up to a video he sent me, <laughs> and I want you to watch this because I feel like your reactions can be really good. So, uh, okay. so he sent me this, and he said, um, "Can you confirm this is not an American delicacy for me, please?" Uh, so, Luke, uh, press play and uh, walk us through what you're seeing here. Okay, so we've got someone with some uh, uh, boiling some water that they are putting crisps into <laughs> and boiling it for five minutes, which seems too long. Like you, like you can use the crisps get wet much quicker. Put than it that. on low. And put a little bit of butter. Uh, adding butter that makes sense. You know, you add butter to mashed potato. Um, a little bit of was milk. I think could have probably used a little less milk. I think they, she's over added too much milk. Cheese makes sense know, again. Yeah. Cheesy mash is good. Yeah. Beautiful. Um, I put onion okay, powder. Okay, I don't even know what onion powder is. That's, that's incredibly strange. Garlic powder. Oh, it's just onion flavored powder. Salt. Right, okay. <laughs> and pepper. Sir. Yeah, that looks awful. That, <laughs> that, that is like wet, cri- mashed crisps. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, I think it looks okay. I think I would eat that. I think I would make that. No, you wouldn't. I would. I'm sorry. You would. You would not make <laughs> mashed crisps. Well, I mean, why not? I mean, when I saw it, I was like, "Oh yeah, potato chips are just potato. Like you could turn them back into potato if you want. Like if you had enough potato chips, you could make a potato again." Well, because the main thing is that you know mashed potatoes. When you boil potatoes, they shouldn't take on water. Like that's the big thing. Like you want to boil just enough so you break the cells down. They're cooked, but they're not like waterlogged. Yeah. That's why you, you know you stop boiling them at some point. But crisps <laughs> like that, all the cells are broken down already because they're fried. Right. So as soon as you put them in water, they're just soggy. But it looks like mashed like, potatoes in the video. It looked like mashed potatoes. Then you're eating bad mashed potatoes. <laughs> if if you think that looks like mashed potatoes, then you're eating bad mashed potatoes. I mean, potatoes. to be honest, the video has like this extreme aura of depression to it that like made me physically uncomfortable to watch. Like the fact that there's no music, like just there's this th- this vibe to it that made me feel like I'm watching something very dark that I shouldn't be seeing. <laughs> <laughs> 
It's very, I mean, let's be real. It's very pandemic. <laughs> yeah. I'm boiling a bag of potato chips. Yeah. It's like very sad and strange. It's yeah. like, how did my life get, bring me to this point? But at the same time, I'm like, I would put onion powder on that and eat it. That sounds fine. Yeah. Wait, you guys don't have onion powder? How did I not notice that after four years of living there? It's not supposed to be have onion powder. Just don't use it. Uh, just like dried onion flakes, I guess. Just use juice, use onions. Uh, well, you could, yeah. They're like, it's like 50p for a big bag of them. It's fine. <laughs> uh, talking of people eating things they really should not be eating, we should probably talk about the Jordan Peterson interview. I have I've totally missed this. I'm sorry, you've missed this? Yeah, well, is that why everyone's been talking about Jordan Peterson? Because like, I yeah, totally well, missed this. He's, he's bringing out a new book, um, which is 12 More Rules for Life. Is that really what it's called? I believe so. Well, I mean, he's been hopelessly addicted to benzos for the last five years, so I guess he doesn't really have a lot well, of like mental faculty to this, come up this, with a new this name. Is, this is precisely what the interview is about. Uh, it's in the Times, uh, and it is someone who has talked to him and essentially tried to figure out what happened to him. Okay, so for, and, for listeners who have not been following the Jordan Peterson drama, essentially a couple years ago, he disappeared. He was having very strange health problems. It is likely that he developed some kind of benzo problem he i think briefly went to rehab in russia yeah extensively because he tried every this is yeah this is what it, it it's about his daughter has spent years eating only beef and salt so a friend of mine has a theory that jordan peterson's daughter is munchausen's by proxying him and is the reason why he has had so many health issues over the years is that his daughter's like like poisoning him or something and to like so she has something for her blog. I think I think you should read this interview. It's it's revealing. Does it hold on. Hold on. What is it called? Uh it's just a, is it in the Times Jordan Peterson I, I... In New York Times. Uh no, the the real Times, the London Times. Oh man. I don't want to have to try to read the London Times. It's an impossible. Oh, okay, cool. There's a there's a New York Post write up. Okay, so Jordan Peterson says he was suicidal and addicted to benzos. Okay, that's great. That's good to know. Um, and his daughter M- Michaela was also interviewed yep. for it. She she is probably makes up more than half of the entire piece, and it's a really long piece. Uh, there's an awful lot of medical jargon. <laughs> he uh, claims that he didn't sleep for 25 days, but the longest that a human has ever gone without sleep in history is 11. So that's probably. Well, well not I did, right. does he explain why he didn't? He couldn't sleep for 25 days because he he ate a stew that contained apple cider. Oh man, this is um, this is so much. Then they, you know, they prescribed him some benzos. Uh, there's some. There's some really like sad stuff in there like his wife was very ill with kidney cancer during a large part of this right so there's like a six month period where he's you know sleeping on a hospital room floor uh but then after that period you know he's diagnosed with schizophrenia they're, they're trying to like give him electroconvulsive therapy which i didn't even think they did anymore um they go round and round and round and eventually like take him out of the Tor- toronto hospital against his well against doctor's permission uh to take him to russia to detox him this uh, is insane yeah, uh, he says when he wakes up in February after this detox, which is like three months, uh, he has no memory of anything since mid-October. Sorry, sorry, mid-December, so three months that he's not, he has no memory. Uh, he has to, he's forgotten how to type and he's forgotten how to walk. I mean, I, uh, so in all seriousness, I have heard like what benzo recovery is like and it sounds it's bad. horrible. Yeah. Like it sounds really scary and crazy. Yeah, it is. It is just one of these things where it's just it is just such a completely insane story that. Uh, wow. Yeah, I don't know. Obviously, he says the whole thing's not true. Which. What? Okay. No, no, no. Well, yeah. Afterwards, he's come out and he said, "I've been misled. I've been misrepresented by this interview," which is you know surprising. He always says that. Um, yeah, and during this time, he uh, wrote a new book about how to live your life and the rules you need to follow. I mean, it seems like he's got it all figured out. I feel like if it anyone's, does. if it anyone does. could give me life advice is Jordan Peterson, who was so addicted to benzos that when he tried to get off them, he lost three months of his life and can't, can't <laughs> type anymore. I feel like this dude whose life was completely thrown apart by apple cider and his beef stew is the exact <laughs> guy I want to take advice from. <laughs> Jesus Christ. He's got to sort it out. He's wow. got it together. Well, that's great. I mean, I think that's all good stuff. Um, I wish him the best. Um, speaking of uh, misguided 
You know, I don't have a segue for this. Do you have you heard about the big woman? <laughs> uh, I haven't heard about the big woman. So okay, I'll show you the big woman. Uh, <laughs> let's see, big. Uh, basically, there is a giant woman in the new Resident Evil game. Uh, cool. Her name is Lady Dimitrescu. I mean, how giant are we talking? Well, here? they've confirmed she's nine feet tall. She has oh. uh, massive breasts and she wears a big hat. And a lot of people on the internet want to be crushed to death by her. And uh, one one really good Twitter conversation uh, I saw was uh, Twitter user Remnant Undying who who wrote, "Am I the only one who doesn't understand the fascination with this character? She's tall." Woot. And then Gamma three four five six seven eight one writes, "She's got fat tits. Are you blind?" <laughs> Um, and there was a very interesting conversation in my Discord this week about whether or not it was empowering that she has giant breasts and is humongous and people want to be crushed by her or if it's exploitative and just like sexy gaming stuff. Um, and like in the, scre- in the screenshot you sent me, she kind of looks like Madonna. Yeah, she kind of looks like Madonna. Like, I mean, I just think, look, if you want to be crushed to death by a giant vampire woman, like that's your business. And I think that's lovely, you know? I mean, I'm I'm fascinated by the idea that the fact that she's very tall is more notable than she's a vampire. Yeah, no, no. I mean, the 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 main thing isn't even like even the breasts either. I think it's just that like people really want to be murdered by a tall woman right now, and like I get it. Sure, who ha- who hasn't who hasn't <laughs> wanted that at some point? Yeah, yeah. There are many different ways I'd like to be murdered. So, so yeah, the big woman. Uh, people really like her. Oh, and also here's another here's another little piece of this for you. Uh, which is that the big woman has become so popular that we're we're now getting like official tweets from the Xbox Twitter account about the big woman. Okay. What what what, what tweets are we get? I just sent it to you. Oh, so they've confirmed how big she is. That's good. Yeah, she's nine feet six inches. That's tall. That, that is a big woman. It's a big woman. And like I think there's probably just there's something psychological maybe about being in lockdown for this long where we're just like I want a big woman to crush me to death. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> you know, I just, I think everyone listening to this right now is like, Ryan, I know exactly what you mean. So. She is very tall. I've seen, I'm, now, I'm now seeing a gif of her standing up and yeah, she stands up and she's, she's larger than all the other people in the room. I, I like if you go to that Xbox tweet, the first reply is from uh, Tariq Musa, who's like really, really good account. You should totally follow him. And he, he writes, why are you encouraging this? And then Xbox replies, we just go where the memes lead us. Uh, yeah. Um, can we? Can I talk? We talk about one more thing. Yeah. About extremely tall things. Yeah. Okay. Sure. So I want to talk about the New York Times thing that they did today on extremely tall buildings and the billionaires who live in them and hate it. Oh man, I saw this going around. I haven't had the time to read it because I was reading the thing about the service industry people who were uh, waiting on Trump supporters. Right. In time, I don't know if you saw or Slate. I don't know if you saw that one, but so what? Did not see that. Tell one. me about the big building. Uh, so it's a really big building. Uh, so obviously everyone there needs to spend a huge amount of money into it. Uh, but once they're there, there are an awful lot of problems with it. Uh, so not every floor is full, which I didn't realize this. So the way that New York gets around building regulations is that it only counts occupied floors. So in order to make like a 120-story tall building, they just put like 88 floors in it and say the rest are mechanical uh, so they can make it extra tall. What? Yeah. But what that means is there's a load of like extra, I don't know, gubbins in it, uh, which means it's really likely to flood. Uh, so they keep having major floods in some of these buildings uh, that flood like three or four floors. They did not go into this at all in the movie Skyscraper with The Rock. No, they didn't. That movie's very bad. The first half hour is literally just a PowerPoint about how good the Chinese are at building tall buildings because it was funded with uh, <laughs> Chinese money. And uh, yeah. yeah, it's uh, not a good movie. Um I mean, they seem to be better than the Americans because this one has an issue with uh, wind, which means that the and I'll quote, and I hate this line, wind sway can cause the cables in the elevator shaft to slap around. Oh, I don't like that at all. No. I mean... Uh, yeah, and as a result, for hours at a time, the elevators don't run and residents are trapped in their 100th floor apartments that they spent billions for. I mean, I like that. I think that's good, because, like... I think it's funny. You don't... Like, if you're a rich person, you don't have to live in a tall building, for no. many centuries, rich people didn't live in tall buildings. They just lived in, like, wide estates, you know? Like, like you don't need a gigantic building. You can live in, like, 
a chunk of property, like a like a Versailles, if you will. Yeah, there are plenty of big spaces you could open up. There's there's the one in in LA, which is like worth a hundred million dollars and has like everything in it, everything you could ever imagine putting in one building. I think three floors for a house. That's it. You don't need any more than that. Uh, well, and a basement maybe. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Because like, if you're going, if you have a fourth floor. You're not going up there ever. You're just not going to do it. It's really far. Yeah, you're like I don't care how rich you are. You're not walking up to the fifth floor. You're not walking up the, and if also if you have under f- 10 floors, don't get an elevator cuz that's ridiculous. Which just means yeah. if you have seven if you have a seven floor house, that's too small for an elevator to make any sense, but yep. also too big for you to walk, which just means those upper three floors, you're probably never going to go there. Just build out. Build don't out build is what I'm saying. Build out. Exactly. And like, you don't need to live in a city either. You could just live in like, you know, the middle of nowhere. Build in a state like Kanye West. Yeah. I mean, he he has done many strange things for a, bit, for, for a wealthy person, but just buying an enormous part of Wyoming and living there forever is, is probably a good decision. I mean, it's his version of Graceland. Go for it. Whatever. You want to have yeah. like bizarre listing parties at your fire pit in Wyoming? Like do that. Don't live in a tall building. That's what I would do if I was a millionaire, is not live in a tall building. Well, the real question, though, is what would you do if you were a billionaire? If I was a billionaire? Well, I'll tell you what I would do. Act like I know anything about the internet so I could seem cool to fascists. That's right. This week, we're talking about Elon Musk. <laughs> the, 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 the meme master. The master of memes or whatever the hell it was. That's right. He claimed he was. Let's... Uh, Let's get into this because I've been sitting on this take for a little while now. And I feel like this month we finally proved it, which is that Elon Musk doesn't know fucking dick all about the Internet. Yeah, I mean, he's 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 boomer, right? Like, what is it? Is he Gen X? He must be Gen he's X. Gen right? X. Yeah. Yeah. So he's, you know. Essentially, just a middle-aged man. Yeah, born seventy-one, so he's uh, he's forty-nine. Yeah, which, firmly sure, Gen X. He's a middle. Yeah, he's a middle-aged man. Why would he know anything about the internet? He's also like, okay, so let's let let's let's go all the way back to this because I think this is an interesting way to do this. When was the first time you became aware of Elon Musk, Luke? Um, mine is really early because I remember hearing. About him quite a lot in the PayPal days because I, like, I watched a do- a really early documentary on him in like 2004 or something, right? Like super early on, and he was involved in that. So I like, I knew who he was relatively early on, but I kind of I feel like I forgot about him for a while, and then there was that weird moment when he was in one of the Iron Man movies. Oh yeah, true. And that was kind of the kickoff to. He's in Iron Man too. Yeah, he's in the uh, he's in the Monte Carlo scene or whatever. Yeah. And that was like then kind of the kickoff of this like second era of Elon Musk, where he's just a strange man. Yeah i I don't totally th- I don't know if this was the first time, but like the time where I became like fully aware of him was probably the the simulation comments going viral. Uh, so what the idea that we all live in a simulation? Yeah, so that was like probably about four or five years ago. He did. I think it was either like a TED talk or like an interview like that. And the clip of him talking about living in a simulation went, like, insanely viral. Yeah, it did. It became, like, a big thing and the sort of thing that then everyone mentioned at random times. Let me, that we let, live me, in a let, me let me get it exactly here. So this was, this, was the exact, this was the moment where Elon Musk was like, oh, if I act like a crazy asshole, I can manipulate how people interact with me on the internet. In 2016, Elon Musk, during the Recode conference said the famous quote that like this whole thing off, which is there's a one in billions chance reality is not a simulation. Right. Okay. And his, his clip went everywhere. This was like peak. I fucking love science Facebook era. And this clip went nuts. Like I'm pretty sure my dad sent it to me being like, did you hear this kind of thing? Like this was the, (sighs) this was the Neil deGrasse Tyson, George Takai industrial complex of like stupid science shit internet. And he hit this perfectly. And I feel like this taught him a really valuable lesson, which is that you can own as much money in the world as you want. But if you can manipulate how people use the internet, 
you can control like all of reality. And I think this was the moment he figured that out. Yeah, because it, it was, I remember it was a big moment and it was a weirdly big moment. And ever since then, he has gained a habit for saying things that are, I don't say untrue because I, he's rarely like outright lies, but he's just very, very confident about what he says and kind of jumps forward to the point at which we've completed this without really ever offering evidence. Which he did just the other day, actually, with the, the, the monkey. What was the monkey? Uh, he said that uh, they have a monkey which they have implanted a chip in so that the monkey can play video games. Oh, is, yeah, I did this, see this. This is the Neuralink project, which has been around for ages. Uh, scientists say, like, it's not, it, it's, you know, theoretically possible. Has he done it? Maybe. He hasn't proved <laughs> it. He's just said he has a monkey that does this. <laughs> which is like, you know, it's not the same thing as demonstrating it and demonstrating how or why it, he did it. Yeah. But that's exactly, that's exactly what he does now. He just says the thing. And then knows that everyone will pick it up. Yeah, I agree. I think, I th- I think it, it it has it started as this idea. So okay, let, let's let's also let's also address this, which is that Elon Musk, the idea of Elon Musk is not real. Elon Musk is not like this like self starter who like built a thing in a garage. This this no. this isn't him. He is the the son of like what like South African diamond miners or something like he is uh, he has got family money. He is not this like populist hero. And so I, I suspect that his whole use of the Internet is to keep like the fake version of Elon Musk as the dominant narrative about him. Yeah. Although I think in the last like few weeks, I, th- I feel like. Elon Musk has got a lot more interesting because the Reddit GameStop thing demonstrated that, you know, the market is fake and all this nonsense. But Elon Musk has been treating it like that for years. Like, he's a billionaire who can do that and therefore has the, like, resources to do it. But the fact that he considers this whole thing a joke and says that he's going to take Tesla public at $420.69 or all this stuff is kind of just the manifestation of the only person who is like all billionaires treat you know the stock market and all this stuff as kind of a game right like it which it is you know you're trying to pump up the value of your own thing by ideally providing a good service a lot of people pay for right uh if along the way you have to exploit some workers well i mean it's also things happen it's also their fault for being poor enough to need to work for you in the first place like they could just also be billionaires but he is the only one of those billionaires who says none of this is real this is a stupid joke and I'm going to mock it. Like he is, he is mocking the idea of his own. He's mocking the idea of this system that has allowed him to be wildly successful. However, that mocking also ties into the fact that it makes him more successful. Yes. He also chose to do this. I mean, so when he, when he said the simulation thing, this was June, 2016 and June 2016 is like a very interesting moment in time to be doing this as a very rich person, because all of the internet started to like become very obsessed with the idea of like God Kings and like, and like the divine right of rich people. And, and this is the same like wave that Trump wrote in on. This is, this is also very, very in touch with the work of like the neo reactionaries like Steve Bannon, who believe that the internet's inherently futile. And it's also like kind of tied to the guys who we've talked about before on this podcast because I'm obsessed with how stupid they are. The Rocco's Basculus freaks who believe that like an AI will eventually <laughs> appear in the future. And the only way you can like satisfy the AI that will eventually appear in the future is by treating life like a video game now to create as much capital as possible. So like Elon Musk is like Whoa, 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 whoa. That's not Rocco's Rocco's ba- Rocco's Basilisk. I'm simplifying it considerably. No, 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 no. The Rocco's Basilisk is even worse than that, because it's it is uh that eventually a super powerful AI will develop and will immediately kill anyone who has not worked to bring about its own existence. Right ever in history right and then there's the other part of this where uh if you believe in everett branches of reality you should buy as many scratch tickets as possible because that ensures that in one of the branches of reality you become a millionaire and satisfy the the demands of the murderous ai that appears in the future yeah okay i see okay we're all we're all on the same page here we're all we all agree that there's (laughs) gonna be a robot brain in the future that kills everybody who doesn't who doesn't become a millionaire um but so elon musk is like part of this tradition of of like very rich men who kind of like it's very Putin-esque where it's like 
I may have a lot of political power, but unless I'm also controlling the way you view reality, like I'm not satisfied. It's like it's, it's well, the, 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 but the question is that is is surely the by controlling the way you view reality is where the political power comes from. Well, I mean, you could argue yes, but with like Musk, like him being a meme lord isn't gonna make him any richer. I mean, I would assume. I don't really. I, I guess like I don't know enough about how you be how you stay a billionaire but like i don't think him tweeting like pregnant sonic or something is gonna like make him richer or more powerful well that depends on whether or not you think tesla is currently fairly valued by the market yeah well because as we have discovered over the past week large groups of people who are very extremely passionate about something can create value where none exists I mean, that is very true. And and you see that with the guys who like tweeted Elon Musk after they've been laid off, like thanking him for letting them work for him. Yep. By the way, if you're listening to this, um, this is the time of year where most people tip their bosses. So uh, it's usually <laughs> normal to give your boss a 5 to 10% tip to thank him for being your boss. It's, it's customary. Uh, I'm self-employed, uh, but uh, I will be asking Luke to tip me extra for editing the show this week because I'm I'm the closest we've got to a boss for this show. So, yeah, as always, I'm the proletariat. <laughs> um, no, but I, that, that is actually true. I hadn't really thought about that. Where it's like, how how highly valued would Tesla be if people didn't? If it was owned by an extremely boring. Yeah, man. if if people didn't view Elon Musk like some kind of pharaoh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, so Tesla made a big profit last year as we know um but tesla loses money on its cars uh it doesn't make money and in fact the money that tesla makes is made from uh basically electric vehicle credits right so um if you haven't heard about this but i haven't heard about this yeah yeah talk us through this okay so a bunch of american states uh including some of the big ones like i know california is one of them uh requires all uh, car manufacturers to sell a certain percentage of electric vehicles. It's kind of the same as the carbon uh, cap and trade thing. Okay. Uh, if they don't do that, then they can buy regulatory credits from other manufacturers who exceed their quotas. Tesla only makes electric vehicles, therefore it massively exceeds its quota and has a bunch of credits to sell. So it sells these credits for billions, and its profit primarily comes from selling the credits for the cars rather than making credit profit on the cars themselves so it's like a shell game but they're using like tax credits instead of like uh, a ball exactly so it ends up as a situation where you know they are like like it should be pointed out like they are getting closer and closer to making profits on the cars themselves like it, it's not why they're not wildly off and and it's getting closer but at the same time you know if those regulatory credits end tomorrow uh then tesla's in trouble i see yeah, that doesn't seem like a that doesn't seem like a business that should be like one of the highest valued businesses on the market. Yeah, so the the I mean the stats are uh, that it sold five hundred thousand cars last year, uh-huh. out of a global total of seventy million cars. So that's oh, that's not much. It's zero point five. It's zero point zero point zero six percent. I think. Can you do that? And did you just do that in your head? Uh, yeah, but I was probably wrong. Oh, okay. <laughs> um. So yeah, it is not a huge. It makes. It makes an extremely small percentage of the cars globally, but it has a stock value that is equal to the next 12 largest car makers combined. Yeah, that seems wrong to me. I don't know. Right, it does seem wrong. I don't know if I understand business very well, but that seems wrong to me. Now, the bet is, you know, it is a very valuable company because at some point it's going to figure out, I don't know, cold fusion or whatever, and and be like, we are now the only car maker. We produce cars for, and it costs us ten dollars, and uh, they can go everywhere, and they are entirely environmental friendly. Like that's kind of the bet. Like that suddenly they're yeah. going to figure this out, and it's going to be amazing. But like right now, they're not there, and and essentially what they're investing in is the idea that Tesla's uh, brain power and where it's putting its money on R and D and its leadership. Uh, are so smart and forward-looking that they will figure this out, and therefore it will it will be the biggest company car company in the world in one day. Like that's the bet that everyone's making, and that's the same bet as you know maybe that's a good bet. It might it might work out. Yeah. Maybe they will figure out cold fusion. If they don't, <laughs> yeah, I see. I, I I so maybe that maybe that's part of it. Like maybe his 
his whole thing. I, I still stand by my premise that he doesn't know dick all about memes, but like maybe he understands that like the men on Reddit right now are the future investors that he has to sort of be courting. Yeah, that's exactly it. Which would explain the Joe Rogan thing. Yeah, I mean, it's a question of whether or not, you know, is is he smart enough to, to do this? Um, is that his, his genuine plan? Does he know that, you know, his status as a CEO is why people invest in it? But, you know, it's not like it's the first time it's happened. The same thing is happened with, uh, you could argue, happened with Steve Jobs. True. Like, he was a genius visionary. Uh, and therefore, the company is, is super valuable. Now, that company kind of eventually caught up with that valuation and, you know, obviously went through some periods when it, it was way below that. Right. Um, but then it was like, we have an iPhone. Everyone like, wow, they know where they're going with this. Pretty huge amount of money into it. And eventually, the valuation of the company kind of basically caught up with it because it now is, is so hugely profitable. There's no evidence going to happen with Tesla. And the idea that, you know, Elon Musk's fame exists virally I and mean, that he is, you know, the weird... Uh, eclectic guy that he's you know, thinks differently to everyone else is really valuable for creating that perception have you ever been in a tesla i have not have you yeah it i could not figure out where the door on the inside was to get out like it took me i was in an uber in portugal and the uber was a tesla because it was like a tech conference so i suspect that like a bunch of teslas appeared for like the uber fleet you know for the week sure. and I got in, it was really comfortable, drove really nice, really quiet, really cool. Then the time came to get out of the car and I could not find the handle because it like, it goes into the door. There's no, there's no handle. And the guy was trying to explain to me in Portuguese, like where the handle was, but like, I couldn't find the handle. It, it took, I think he may have had to literally get out and walk around and open the door for me. It was very confusing. Wow. Okay. So <laughs> that's not a recommendation for Tesla. No. So your recommendation is sell Tesla stock. There's also like an entire genre of porn that's now filmed in self-driving Teslas. Like <laughs> the, the iPod. I mean, is that not just, what is it? Rule 54. At some point, you know, porn will be made of it. Oh, rule 34. Yeah, probably. 34. But like, I also think the, the iPod comparison is correct where like not a lot of people had iPods, but enough cool people had iPods that it became the dominating technological form for like a decade of MP3 players. Yeah. So let's talk about innovative people and influential people in all of this, because the reason why I believe that Elon Musk doesn't know shit all about memes <laughs> is based on a recent uh, th thing where he went on the app clubhouse. So, Luke, have you ever spent any time on Clubhouse? I haven't. I have an Android. <laughs> well, I'm sorry that you uh, you can't come on. Um, I'm on Clubhouse thanks to a very nice Garbage Day reader who sent me an invite, and I've been poking around on it. It's deeply boring, and I hate it, and I will probably not use it for much longer unless something really juicy happens. Um, but Elon Musk went on Clubhouse, and he was talking with the Robinhood CEO, Vlad Tenev. He looks like a vampire. Uh, he looks like when Spider-Man became Venom <laughs> in Spider-Man 3. And Elon Musk was like being inundated by um, like comments from like LinkedIn bro types being like, this dude has the best memes. This dude is so funny with memes. He gets memes. Which is like obviously ridiculous and insane and doesn't make any sense. But I also, I feel like that showed me what he's actually doing, which is that like, if he can get like the most basic 1% of the internet users on like the Reddit tier, and then also the LinkedIn crowd to think that he's like this master of viral content, he doesn't actually need to be because he just can't, it's like a, it's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Well, it's because he's, you know, the richest man in the history of the world. Like, it's it's because he shouldn't be doing it, that his memes are, you know, he's posting on on the easy scale. Right, exactly. Uh, it, it's the same as, you know, if interesting, if a celebrity hasn't done it before, like, it's why Dionne Warwick has a much lower bar for being good at Twitter than Chrissy Teigen does, because Chrissy Teigen's been doing it for a long time. So she now has a high bar. Right. A bar that she now often misses, like tonight, when she, she uh, tweeted that, the she, the most expensive thing that she'd ever ate but didn't like was a $13,000 bottle of wine, which she ordered by accident, and she was very frustrated by it. 
I feel like that's not a relatable story that people would like. <laughs> no. And then, and then she and then she got very mad that everyone thought that it was was not relatable and she's like i don't have to be relatable and it's like true but but everyone's gonna call you a dick for doing this now i mean that that i will say i think i would be much more angry on a regular basis with elon musk if he was trying to be relatable to me that's true i think i'd probably lose my mind like i'm okay with him being like a rich person in a mansion doing acid with azalea banks and grimes and having his baby have like a plain name than him being like you know, hey guys, I'm just like one of you. I lo- although I guess like that is sort of what he's doing too, though, with like pretending to be a gamer and like going on Joe Rogan and like smoking weed and shit. Yeah, exactly. He's not doing a uh, he's not doing politician. I'm just like you. You know, he's not going to a, a a restaurant and eating a pizza and being like, I love pizza too, and then eating it from crust first or whatever the hell they do. Uh, like he's not pretending to be that normal, but he's pretending to be the normal of I'm a nerd and I'm a geek and I'm a, you know, anti-establishment Reddit guy. And I would have worn the anonymous mask had I not been <laughs> selling emeralds from my mine at the time. <laughs> That's right. I would have been there with you in Zuccotti Park, guys, if I wasn't much richer and had better places to be profiting off of a diamond mine. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. I mean, what is interesting, though, is. I think it's unsustainable, and I and I I think this week has been really interesting to watch Elon Musk's relationship with Reddit, and like Reddit doesn't want to admit this because they still idolize him, they still love him, they think he's like this, like for them, they think they'll eventually become him. Like if they if they use Wall Street bets enough, like they'll become the next Elon Musk, and like that's like their dream. But what's super crazy is that when Elon Musk got involved with the GameStop pump, it kind of ruined the entire movement. Like, it, it was so destabilizing that I'm pretty convinced that the community has not recovered since. Yeah, it seems it seems very strange now because, you know, they, it's, you know it's, it's finally using their power and then discovering that their power is significantly more powerful than they realized. And they're now not sure what quite, quite what to do about it. Yeah, but also like, okay, so if, if, you, if the listeners haven't been following this very closely, like... Elon Musk jumped on to the GameStop pump probably like a week into it. And he tweeted a bunch of stuff about it, like, you know, in the, his typical like rage comic kind of vibe. And it made it go nuts. It blew up. It went crazy. And then the next morning he put – he started tweeting about Dogecoin and he started screwing up the crypto markets. But then he the, – the attention from Elon Musk – He's got, you know, he's got millions and millions and millions of how how many Twitter followers does he have? Hold 45 on. million, I think. Yeah. So Elon Musk has 45 million Twitter followers. If he if he tweets anything, it's going to like cause a momentum on it that is just like completely unsustainable. And so yeah. if he so the 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 meme he tweeted was uh it's actually a meme I really like a lot, which is the the <laughs> the sheeb cloud. Yes. And then it's like blowing it's like a dust cloud with a sheep's face and it's like blowing over a city and the cloud in his meme says Dogecoin standard and then the city says financial global financial system and he wrote it's inevitable. It's a funny post, but it also like convinced like shitloads of people that Dogecoin was valuable and Dogecoin is like a joke cryptocurrency that doesn't mean anything. And and so like if you just like throw a wrench into GameStop at the exact moment where like those people are trying to turn it into a genuine populist uprising and like hold it together as a political movement. If Elon Musk just like throws memes on it or like gets involved in any way in like a jokey way, it's going to completely screw it up. And I think it did. I think the complete disorder that we're now seeing on Wall Street Bets is like you can trace that back to the exact moment that Elon Musk got involved. So your take take is basically that it is like a brand. uh Yes speaking out against capitalism i would go further and say that elon musk is a brand account and i think people get confused because it's yes it is probably him posting it but elon musk's account is a brand account and it is constantly looking for memes to co-opt into the elon musk narrative I don't think he actually understands what they mean. I don't think he really cares about any of it. I don't think he gives a shit about Reddit. I don't think he gives a shit about Dogecoin. He doesn't give a shit about the GameStop pump. I mean, he he is literally just looking for bits of internet culture to like latch onto his narrative to make him look cool in the same way that like Popeyes is going to do like a, a Wall Street Bets themed tendies ad 
Like he is just that's all he's doing. He's like a vampire. He's a he's like he's like the big tall vampire lady crushing internet culture to death. Yeah, that is that is that is almost exactly it. Yeah. Okay, so Jeff Bezos is now getting into the private space game with the Blue Origin project. Yes. I am very curious what Elon Musk's like internet persona will be like as Jeff Bezos starts to heat up genuine competition for private space flight because SpaceX is kind it's interesting that like SpaceX is when Elon Musk is like serious and a visionary and he never shit posts about SpaceX. And if SpaceX is going to be the thing that he, he is... Did, he, did, he did launch a car into space once. Yes, he did launch a car into space. But other than that, he really he does <laughs> seem to be pretty buttoned up about, buttoned up about it. I think, I, I think he realizes that like, this, is a, this is a big thing. And so I'm wondering if Jeff Bezos competing with him will impact the way like, his internet persona operates. Yeah, I mean, basically the, the difference between SpaceX and um, Blue Origin is that Blue Origin is doing it in the way that you would expect a corporate companies do it it basically in in short evolutionary uh steps and musk is attempting to you know literally shoot for the moon first time out right um, right and you know it's sort of working uh but the question is is like you know what happens in you know in a decade is you know elon musk still like a lot of his rockets have exploded <laughs> yeah like, one exploded like like a couple days ago yeah they're exploding a lot uh well the Blue Origin rockets haven't gone as far. Like they haven't actually gone into orbit yet, but they are landing them successfully. So, and they have also sent satellites into space because they're doing it in a, in a more sensible way. Like what you do is you you send your capsule up on your rocket, then you try and land the rocket in the capsule separately. That actually makes more sense than sending up a rocket and then bringing it back down again. The the times that um, I've run a private space agency, I have found that to be true. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> So you know, you'd expect you'd expect the long term thing to be Blue Origin are the ones that are practical and used, but SpaceX might get to Mars first. Well, all I can hope is that when Elon Musk finally does get us to space, uh, he can quickly set up a debt slavery uh, program so that I can work off my lifetime of debt I've accrued getting onto the SpaceX flight to get to Mars. By the way, that's not a joke. He has actually proposed that idea, so. That's pretty cool. Uh, <laughs> Which planet you, t- you can you can take the man out of South Africa? But... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you can take the South African off of Earth, but he's he's probably going to do the same thing whatever planet he ends up on. <laughs> that man is going to figure out a way to create blood mines in every planet he can get a spaceship to. <laughs> Hey Luke, have you consumed any content this week to stay sane? Uh, I, I must have. Um, Do you just turn off the lights and stare at the wall after you're done working for the day until you turn back on? Uh, oh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really enjoying. I'm reading a book about Harry Truman, which is which is great. Okay, fascinating book. Okay, all uh, right. Interesting guy. Very normal, nice, friendly chap who also dropped the atomic bomb. Right. Um, I find it kind of wild that the first guy who dropped an atomic bomb. In wartime, the only man, in fact, who's ever you know licensed the dropping of an atomic bomb in wartime, was twenty years before selling shirts in a shop in Kansas City. I could see how working in retail would lead you to want to nuclearly annihilate an entire city. I also discovered another thing that I didn't know, which was that the he never signed off the dropping of the second bomb. Oh, it just happened. Well, yeah, no, they just had some bombs and right, they dropped one. Right, yeah, and sure. like they, he'd given he'd given control over to the military of essentially like we should. We are okay to drop bombs, and they drop one, and then they went, "Well, we'll drop another one." And then he was like, "Okay, that's probably enough now. No more bombs." Yeah, which yeah is a is a a finding I was surprised by. That is surprising. Yeah, I. What content have you consumed to say, Sam? Well, I don't want to turn this segment into a Wandavision recap every week. I haven't seen the most recent episode, and I can't. Sorry, I'm behind. Okay. Oh, the the thing I sent you about it wasn't a spoiler. It was just like a fun thing. Oh, okay, because I did not read it. Um, okay. <laughs> we'll watch it. We'll we'll talk in a little bit then. So, actually, that's fine then. Yeah. Um, a couple weeks ago, I mentioned that I had read the Korean webtoon uh, Sweet Home, 
And then I was starting to watch the uh, Netflix show. Thank you, the few of you who actually DM me uh, Korean re- <laughs> webtoons to read. Um, I'm very excited about that. It's like a, uh, an interesting space that I don't know anything about. So thank you for that. I finished the show and the show has this really weird thing in it. And like the first ti- couple times it happens, I'm like, oh, okay, that's like weird. But then it happens every single episode. And then I like fell down like a rabbit hole of like people on Reddit talking about the same thing. And it's like confounding and I have to talk about it. Okay. What happened? So the show is like pretty standard, like walking dead style. Like the world is falling apart. People turn into monsters. You don't know who's going to turn into a monster next. And you're following like an apartment building of people trying to survive during the monster apocalypse. Simple, fine, whatever. Sure. At the climax of every episode and it's every episode. (laughs) An Imagine Dragon song plays. Oh, that's good. And it's the same Imagine Dragon song. It's fucking god awful. But get this. The Imagine Dragon song, I think, I, I, as far as I understand it, was commissioned for League of Legends. Okay. And the fans of Sweet Home think that the reason it was included was to, like, be cool to, like, Korean gamers. I like that. That's a cool idea. But it's it's an Imagine Dragon song, so it sounds fucking awful. It's like we are warriors, you know, like it sounds like shitty Mumford and Sons dubstep, you know, like you know, like bullshit. Anyways, but it happens in every episode as like these like very mild mannered Korean like apartment people try to fight monsters. It's like it's like it's nuts. It's completely nuts. Um, and the show uh, completely falls apart, uh, basically after like episode five. Um, so if you liked the comic, I do not recommend watching the show. But <laughs> unless you're an Imagine Dragons fan, then I guess sure, whatever. <laughs> they have a song about uh, the uh, the nuclear holocaust, radioactive. Oh, that's cool. That's what that song's about. Oh yeah, that's that is yeah, that would make sense. Yeah. Speaking of radioactive, that's not really a transition but um we are now going to go over to our other podcast and we are going to do the final episode so speaking of crimes against humanity speaking of crimes against humanity we will be talking about our journey through the dc entertainment universe this week we will be fixing it um we're going to set up some rules we're going to go through it we're going to we're going to pitch our corrected version of how this should work and then we're going to move on and we're never going to talk about this fucking terrible thing again <laughs> until Zack Snyder releases his Justice League. And then we will have to revisit this. So we're going to finish it. We're going to do it. Um, if you want to listen to that, go over to the Content Minds Patreon, which is patreon.com slash the Content Minds. Um, you can check it out. And uh, yeah, thank you. Thank you guys for listening. And oh, I have something to plug. Uh, I am on okay. a podcast this week um, and you should definitely check it out. The podcast, uh, you can find it on Twitter. It's Follow Friday Pod. Um, it's a very, very fun show where I was asked to earnestly and nicely recommend like five people who I like on the internet, which made me deeply uncomfortable. Oh, and Jesus. It was very difficult. It was like a very different vibe to this show, but uh, you should definitely check it out. The host is a really, really great guy. It's, it's a fun show. It just started. Um, Eric, who hosted, he's, he's been very kind to the show over, over the last couple of months. So yeah, check it out. Um, it's fun. Okay. All right. Cool. All right, I'm, uh, I'm gonna go. I, yeah. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. Walking Bye. over. Walking over now. Goodbye. <laughs>